dangerously close. Well, howdy there, cowpokes and buckaroos. Welcome to my views of my own podcast. And boy, oh boy, do you know what would be nice? If you went on down and left a nice five-star rating on your podcast app. Heck, you could even leave a nice review. Here's a writing prompt. You could say, I like this podcast. Boy, that'd be swell. Shoot, you could even share this episode with a friend. Why not share this episode on your social media with your friends and your enemies? Well, this has been Wild West Doug here. Thanks for listening to an old cowboy rambling along the dusty trail. Well, until next time, adios, muchachos. Yeah! Oh, yeah, dude, you know, I was actually, uh, this morning I was like, dude, I should eat, an, eat a healthy breakfast before I interview you. And then, uh, so I went to the farmer's market and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get like organic vegetables. But then all I did was get street tacos. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lord's will. But they, I mean, they were veggie. So, I mean, actually I got a, like a 10 pound bag of peaches. I just haven't busted them open yet. Whoa. Georgia peaches are in season, man. Nice. I, so oh, I'm man. up here in Nashville. So it's like, we get, you know, it's a one day drive. So that's like straight from the tree. Dude, what am I doing? I gotta introduce you. <laughs> for me to come see that place but one day you know yeah for sure oh dude this is a this is a destination man for people from the uk all the time dude i used to work downtown and like as a bar back like all the time and yeah a bar bag a bar back oh if we said it's, a like, bar a, bag, it's like a it's like a job it's like for people that like like me that uh i don't want to be a bartender because it's like i can't maintain that level of being friendly to drunks for that long so <laughs> i was always a bar back that's just you're the dude like you tap the kegs you you, know, you carry the kegs around it's basically just a lot of heavy labor and then right and then some bartending you know like when the bartenders get overwhelmed then i gotta yeah, step up and I start mixing drinks and shit but the thing is yeah it's like i as a bar back you can always walk away like i could be like oh i gotta go yeah. i got a keg i gotta change the keg out <laughs> nice my guest today is matt adcock Matt is a science fiction and horror writer. He also co-hosts the cyberpunk podcast, Host in the Shell, and is chair of the Society of Authors, Hertfordshire Branch. He is the author of the acclaimed cyberpunk novel and comic, Complete Darkness, which was picked as a book of the year by Den of Geek. You can read his short stories in Neo Cyberpunks, Volume 1 and 2, and Dread Cold, and find him on social media, social media, at cleric 20 what's up matt hey evening or morning whatever it is over there it's early afternoon here okay well was it like seven o'clock there it is yeah yeah evening here nice yeah that's why i was saying i was like i just had tacos for breakfast so it's like well, it's, it's crazy yeah. how far apart the time we were but uh we're bonded with the technology of zooms so that's cool dude so i just read your book man like i just oh, wow I, I just finished reading your novel yesterday and then today i i was saving the uh comic for after i'd finished the book so i read that this morning just like because i knew that would only you know be a five minute yeah. thing so uh man before we get into it do you mind if i just read the back of the book for everyone uh before no, we get, no. get going into sure. this because yeah i'll pay you later like <laughs> this says it better than i can say it this is uh matt's book complete darkness and here is just a little quick description in the near future, we map the elusive dark matter around us, only to find out that it is hell itself and it is very real. As the satanic president, Razur, is it Razur? Yeah. Attempts to bring forward Armageddon to prevent humanity repenting the fate of us all. Oh, sorry. The, fest, the fate of us all <laughs> rests in the hands of Cleric 20, a hedonistic loner with a checkered past and his robot sidekick, G-I-X. Is that how you say it? G-I-X? Some say gigs. Some say G-I-X. It's oh, entirely gigs. up to you. I like yeah. G-I-X. Or gigs. They're both cool. Yeah. An action-packed literary shock to the senses that mixes 
flights of comic fantasy with bouts of brutal violence. Mankind's only hope seems to be having a very bad day. So I just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) You know, at first I was concerned about talking about your book and trying to avoid any major spoilers. By the time I was on page 20, I realized we could do five episodes just just discussing tech and world building. Yeah, dude. It's a dream. Well, that is why you write sci-fi is to make up stuff. And, you know, the, the trick is to try and stay ahead of the curve because I wrote this like 10 years ago and uh, half the stuff I was thinking of then is now happening. I'm like, shit, um, got to think of something more wacky. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, I mean, if you don't mind, man, like I actually just have like just straight from the pages of the book. I have questions about some of the tech uh, that you create or, you know, envision uh, and cool, cool. some of the, you know, this is this is interesting because it's like, did you what did you call this like do you have a special brand for this like theological science fiction is that i mean i'm making up a new one by the sound of things i've done some research it doesn't seem to meet much of these guys out there either write theology or you write sci-fi very few blended two yeah um so i call it thighs thighs thigh which is it sounds like you have like two ends or something when you say it but uh yeah. you know no i remember uh, when i was first ever started talking to you and you were like you were like yeah this book is uh you sent me something like that like thigh-fi and yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm interested. And then you were like, all right, check it out, dude. Portal to hell, uh, mech suits, AIs, uh, assassin droids, uh, yep. fucking, uh, I mean, everything. What What isn't in here, man? <laughs> There's the but, perfect female created by guys. It's, it's kind of creepy, but it's supposed to be, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, geoengineering. I mean, t- not, I mean, bioengineering. There is geoengineering as well. Uh, with with your like the skyscrapers that are like tethered to satellites because they're so tall. Yeah. I mean, damn. <laughs> uh, but man, I mean, I was gonna say like honestly, you came right out of the gate with some gnarly tech called uh, G I R E W G. That's the uh, acronym. And yep. uh, could you share a little bit about what that is, uh, what it's used for, and what is and some of the theory behind it? Man, I mean. It's 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 a wish fulfillment kind of future stuff, where you have collaborations of droids and humans working together, or sometimes against each other, uh, trying to unpack the, the universe around us. And these guys um, are like the cutting edge of this. You know, they they are the ones that are. Uh, it's a gambit. You know, no one knows how to map map dark matter because it's by its very nature. The reason we call it dark matter is we can't map it. Yeah, uh, we don't know what the fuck it is, but um, as uh, in in isn't it a fun concept to have this group of people and and tech that could actually do that? Oh, oh, what is it? What does that ac- acronym stand for? It's so long, I, I forgot. Dude, I'd have to look it up because, like, you know, it's the something early infestation research. Yeah, yeah, um, the early the early infestation research guard. Yeah, they track stuff, you know, with tech that we can only dream of, and. They it can either alert us to it or they can just like laugh as we get we get fucked up by whatever they find, you know. If you don't mind, I'll just gonna call it Geierweg because that's what I was calling yeah. it in my head. I don't it's... have a, a preferred pronunciation on that one yet. I mean, a, a guy wanted to do an audio book of this for me and he got so messed up with all the tech terms <laughs> and stuff. He had to write a massive spreadsheet. We're still not there yet, but maybe we'll get there one day. Well, the thing is, it's so realistic because everything is an acronym and that's how, I mean, the, you know, this is the, this is the government, this is the future government of London too. You yeah. know, so at this point, especially, in, you know, now that we have like an integrated society of AI working alongside, you know, like you said, alongside and also against humanity, there's going to be, everything's going to be an acronym. And I love how there's people, like their names are acronyms or AIs are acronyms. Yeah. Anyway, Guy Wagon, this is uh, what's fascinating about some of the tech that they're using. They've uh, found some way, and I don't understand this, but I'm, I liked it in the book. Uh, they, <laughs> they're able to use reflected light that have bounced off of like what, like a distant star cluster or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And when it comes back, they're actually able to uh, zoom in on it. Zoom in on it, and so you can you can watch things that happened in the past as though it's in real yeah. time. So you could you could zoom into like a medieval village because you know, at one point the the sun from the sunlight from the Earth hit the Earth. That yeah. light reflected into space, and it's out there like like yeah. a photograph, right? So if it bounces back again. We can catch that in theory, you know. It's a, it's a pretty far fetched theory, but uh, it kids, you know, you never know. 
Um, oh. But imagine the things we could solve. Be like, was there a Jesus? Let's have a look. Oh yeah, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for the camera. Whatever you know, it's all, yeah. all good. No, it's fascinating, man. Oh, uh, you could even go further. You could be like, because there's that debate uh, where you know we're dinosaurs, birds. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. Let's have a look. <laughs> you're hot out Jurassic Park. Yeah, you got them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic, they were actually intelligent and like, having conversations to like, oh no, it looks like there's a meteor coming. We should, we should do something. I can't, my arms are too small. I don't know. Yeah. Imagine what we could do with that kind of tech. Like if you really could figure out yeah. how to capture like the returning light or, if, or I mean, what, however it works, I guess it's yeah. capturing the bounce, yeah. the, bounce the, yeah. the, the, the photograph or, you know, or the, I guess the videography. Silent movie, I guess. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's, there wouldn't be any sound because this is the speed of light. Yep. I wonder if we could ever get the sound from things that were more recent. <laughs> wow. I mean, we're just exponentially expanding the tech capabilities here. You know? which, which doesn't need to happen because this book is so full of tech. I haven't even, and I read sci-fi all the time, man. It's, it's, my, it's my favorite genre. It's my favorite kind of movie. Cool. And you were really, man, th you're throwing stuff out there where I was like, I haven't heard that. Haven't heard really? that. So yeah, nice. man. So so I guess we can take it as a positive, yeah. Oh, hell yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Uh shit, man. I guess the next thing I was gonna say is uh you also employ some tech in the book uh that I feel like I'm not even being pessimistic in saying doesn't sound too far off for the near yeah. the near future. For instance, the headships and the mandatory social ratings which yeah. we'll explain in a second. And, and uh, I was going to say, what do you think are some of the contemporary trends that could lead us to eventually having social rating displays? I mean, isn't it like every government's wet dream to, to be able to see <laughs> yeah. how someone's uh, either criminal or medical record or just how they're feeling beamed above their head at all times they can't turn it off? I mean, you know, that's going to make society such a different place. Let forget people liking you on Facebook or whatever. You could have real-time, you know, uh, reactions to your to yourself in the street. You know, you walk down the street, people are like, "Whoa, whoa no, we hate that guy." Just on sight, <laughs> I'm like, "Whoa, shit." Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially yeah, governments, uh, law enforcement. You know, you're being, you know, some you're, you've been stopped by some kind of law enforcement yeah. group, and your social rating, which you're not, it's mandatory. You can't hide it, and it suddenly yeah. shows worried scared you know <laughs> and even if it's only because I, you know they're all wearing mech suits and they're psychopaths and it's not you didn't do anything wrong it doesn't matter they're yeah. gonna go oh criminal <laughs> waste you to be on the safe side you know yeah man i was thinking like the, and don't some countries like employ i think there is like a social credit system to some degree i uh i'm not super familiar with all of like it's um i think in it's an extension of the gaming avatar so like in korea you know, yeah. if you if you get really into a game, you can actually have real world, you know, badges and stuff to show that you're that good in the game. I mean, it's only one step away then to making yeah. that digital. Because I, you know, Elon Musk and stuff, they're looking on how to fuse chips into your head. It's going to definitely happen at some point. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is just like when they do that, they'll use it for this sort of thing as well. Because you know, Facebook will pay to to be the first person on there or something. You know. Speaking of Facebook and their whole. Uh, what they're trying to do now with the metaverse, you know, yeah. and trying to get, get us even more submerged into our phones and our computers. It, and, and then it would make sense, you know, eventually like now, like once your uh, physical body becomes less and less important to what, to your day-to-day -day life, you might be like, yeah, for fuck it. Sure. Put a computer chip in my head that shows my social, especially if, you know, yeah. what is your option prison? If they're like, you know, this is mandatory. Yeah. Or death, you know, or, locked in that matrix somewhere to, to be a battery <laughs> i won't go uh too far into it but you do have a very dystopian future for those that get uh caught up in the prison system in oh, complete darkness. yeah some people have, have, have there was a few complaints about that but i was like that's what deterrent is for you know you don't <laughs> want to get caught <laughs> yeah well and then also it's you know once because there's so much constant uh experimentation and so much of it needs to be done on human subjects. So they're like, well, once you're a, a prisoner of a certain, you know, you've been convicted of a certain level of crime, you've forfeited everything yeah. and you can just be a human test subject and no one's going to stop you. <laughs> yep. In my next book, you also get forced to fight in a kind of gladiatorial uh, world, but it's not in a 
physical realm. You know, like um, you can manifest in a VR as an avatar, anything you want. Like yeah. if you were into dragons, you could be a dragon. I could be a fucking robot, and we would fight to the death. But um, it would have real world repercussions because they would take or or distribute our vigor from our actual bodies. So if you killed me in the VR, yeah. you'd get a shot of my my life force into you in the real world, and I would be pretty fucked up. It's a couple of deaths, and you're out in the real world. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> I just the thing is like. This all, you know, this all sounds like okay, yeah. I mean, super sci-fi, whatever. But, but I mean, like, I guess what I was saying earlier, like, there are modern trends, contemporary trends, where it does seem like some of the stuff that you're talking about, that's not that far off. I mean, specifically, like you said, the head chip. Elon Musk yeah. right now is out here telling people that you should get a Tesla head chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In case you want your head to spontaneously catch fire. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not a fan of know got that because you know they're going to have an override button as well, so they can make you do stuff you don't want to do. So it was kind of a personal question, man. But obviously, like it's a, it's a like you do. I mean, we've been talking about all the sci-fi stuff so far in tech yeah. and all that, but I mean, there's theology in here. Uh, and I, if you don't mind, if I ask, man, are you a religious dude? I was brought up in a very religious home, I guess. Wanted, but um, am I religious now? I mean. That, you have to ask me on a certain day because yeah. some days I'd love to think I'm communing with a uh, all-powerful creator gods. Mm -hmm. Other days I don't think there's anything. So you know I'm kind of in that flip-flop state at the moment because I honestly, having seen as much of the inside track of religion as I have through my lifetime, it's kind of dispiriting in many ways. And if there is a god, he must be really pissed off with the job that a uh, religion is doing for them on earth because like he's doing shit PR. <laughs> and um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, you and I might fall into kind of a similar uh, philosophical camp. Like, I don't know if agnostic is the perfect term for it, but I think it might be like the closest to what, because I'm not, you know, I'm not an atheist or I'm not strictly, because I don't feel that I, you know, I feel like being an atheist is almost the same thing as being religious, you know, because it's like you're, These days, you're saying that you know for a fact anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no offense, AC, it's or Christians or whatever. <laughs> you can redact that. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, man, moving on. So we'll just, I guess for now, we'll say, we'll say agnostic. Is that fair? Cool. Yeah. I'm okay. cool with that. <laughs> and, um, I do believe in mushroom beer. You, you readers, we oh, we forgot to talk about the mushroom beer, man. Hmm. Or, I mean, we didn't forget we were talking about it. I just hadn't hit record yet. <laughs> yeah. I found so, it by so, mistake uh, in a shop and I thought, this can't be real. It's, it's a beer made of mushrooms. And it's they're ancient mushrooms, or so they say. Sick. And they have a funky brand name, Funked. Look, Funky, Funky. Oh, that's made out of lion's mane, dude. I take that every day. Yeah, that's cool. So, so it's a, it's a beer that while you're killing brain cells, you're also regenerating brain cells. That's the amazing thing about lions. Mane. <laughs> right. It's a neurotropic. It's really low alcohol though, so you have to drink like five cases to get pissed. But um, you also oh. be super intelligent at that point. So you know, dude yeah <laughs> that that would be good too like that would be perfect at like certain types of uh parties or social gatherings where yeah you look like you're just pounding yeah. beers everybody's like damn that guy can just pound beers but you're just getting smarter <laughs> yeah and then you know the great lines to pick up women or whatever or men or whoever you kind of want to pick up yeah i met one of my heroes the george r martin guy who wrote game of thrones oh cool because like I was such a noob when I got published with Complete Darkness. I, I signed up to go to this thing called TitanCon in Belfast. And it's a big nerd affair. You know, they have all the fancy authors and stuff. And yeah. said, do you want to read me your new sci-fi book on stage? I was like, shit, yeah, of course I do. Yeah. And then like, so I, get, I pitch up there and I'm not very good at reading it out. So, you know, it's not my strength. The guy before me is freaking George R. R. Martin, who's <laughs> like talking about Winds of Winter and stuff. And I'm yeah. just like, oh my God, how do you follow that? And so, uh, but it was fun. And he's really a really fun guy. And so afterwards, he says, oh, Matt, look, let me tell you something about getting old. Uh, you know, I go to, I used to go to parties when I was about your age, say, and I'd look at the hottest woman. I'd try and, you know, chat to her. Now I go to parties, I just look at the comfiest chair. I can have a little snooze and I'll be fine. I'm just like, well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's sobering for old age. <laughs> dude, uh, first of all, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of him, dude. I, I uh, Obviously, I really enjoyed Game of Thrones, but I just watched his latest thing. He, he's the executive producer of it. I don't know how much he's uh, creative input. I assume some. It's called Dark Winds. Have you heard of it? It's about uh, I the. Uh, that, yeah. Oh, it dude, it's, it's so sick, man. Uh, it's this. It's the tribal police on Navajo land in okay. the 1970s, 
solving uh solving a like some murders and a bank heist and all the shit but at the same time all of this uh a- ancient navajo religion stuff is involved and it's real so that's what's cool about it is oh that- dude i want i i need to see this grand yeah. it's not even over, it's not only outside of the channel yet but like when it comes over here I'll be oh dude do, i mean if do you get amazon over there amazon prime but it's different to yours they take oh, all good stuff that's... out oh man <laughs> uh because yeah the, i got hooked on it so basically uh, what i did so i found it on amazon and i watched episode one and i was like dude i'm hooked man because it's like yeah. i love the I'm already like, the, hooked and i haven't seen it shit the mystical uh, uh navajo religion like mixed with like you know and it's also there's a lot of stuff going on like the fbi is like super racist and like whenever uh, a, a homicide happens yeah. if, a, if a homicide happens on navajo land it, it goes federal so the local police yep. have to turn over evidence to these fbi agents don't give a shit Whoa. Uh, then what happened was i found out amazon's like oh also we don't own the rights to this this is this belongs to amc and they're like you have this, but <laughs> Dude, I beat the system because I got a, a one week free trial to AMC and nice. binge watched the entire series and then canceled my uh, subscription that's before they the could way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's cool. Oh, I, I love heists, anything to do with like heist crime, all that stuff. That's my other favorite genre after one well, of movie third. I go sci fi, horror, and then crime heist. Yeah. But uh, that's, a, that's a good. Exclusive. Um, I'm writing another book, as well as the second book in the Complete Darkness world, my publisher. I'm writing a, I'll pitch it to you, and you can pretend to be a publisher, see if you okay. play this one. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love this game. So you've uh, you've seen Point Break, right? Where It's in my top 10 favorite movies of all time, dude, okay. hands down. I so did an entire episode on this podcast about Point Break. Nice, I need to check that. Okay, so you've got this crew of uh, lovable kind of bank robbers, uh, but their thing is they're massive, massive fans of the film Aliens. So they, they actually dress up in cosplay as the Marines from Aliens. Okay. And they've made themselves a fucking forkloader, uh, like homemade fork uh, armor. Uh, power loader. Like, uh, power loader, that's the one. Uh, and uh, I need to get a terminology right. Uh, so we can rip bank doors off and, you know, all that stuff. Let's and see. they carry light Let's ammo, um, but, like, they dress as the Marines. And they, they talk to each other as Marines. You've got Vasquez, Hicks, you know, Hudson. Yeah. That sort of, um, and uh, that is their, so it's basically point break with a alien skin on it. Um, with using lines of dialogue from the film and uh, yeah, badass. But obviously one of them, here's the thing, uh, one of them gets gets killed inadvertently at getting away from a heist and they bring in a, an unknown guy who's an absolute asshole. He's Burke. They call him Burke from the company. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, but he's like the sort of women, send dick pics and stuff. So like they all hate him, but he's kind of, they kind of need him for the thing. And then it obviously kicks off and gets goes dark from there. But yeah, that's the general premise yeah first of all you're not going to believe this uh the synchronicity of this particular situation but okay i did an entire episode on the podcast about the movie point break you know what the, the other movie that i did in i mean i've done a few movies like at this point okay. i probably maybe have done 10 movies but the other one i did was an episode called is aliens a perfect film because it's <laughs> possibly my favorite movie of all time it's so, so you good. basically you basically just took my two favorite movies or close to it um, and combined them. So I'm going to go ahead and say as a publisher, I, the, our publishing house is going to offer you literally everything that we have. And we're going to take out loans <laughs> to make this real. <laughs> okay. Just, to, I mean, I'm going to need your help getting the film rights. Cause like to actually use the character names and stuff, we need James Cameron probably on board for that. But, um, you know, isn't, didn't his wife, Direct Point Break or something like Catherine Bridge. Yeah. So his, so his ex-wife directed his Point ex-wife. Break. So yeah, they must. If we get them both, uh, buy them dinner or something, maybe we can get it worked out. I don't know. I don't know exactly uh, the details of their divorce, but I know what happened. It was like very satisfying to her because her. So James Cameron had a film out that same year that she came out with Point Break, and Point Break just absolutely destroyed it uh, at nice. the Oscars. And won all these awards. I mean, it's such a great <laughs> film. I mean, we could talk the rest of the time on alternating between Point Break and Aliens because they're both such... Put them on any time. There's so, only so many films you can put on any time, day or night, and enjoy. But those both fall into that category. I've probably seen Aliens well over 50 times in my life. I've probably seen Point Break that many times, too. I'd yeah, say point, I would say Point Break is Keanu Reeves' best role. And I'm even saying... I'm, I'm counting The Matrix. So I take the skin off chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. He's like, he's like, uh, he meets the asshole FBI yeah. chief and he's like, he's like, so do you smoke? 
you drink he's like he's like sir i take the skin off chicken <laughs> dude excellent I, film i knew we were gonna get on film. this it's cool oh man oh shit back to um okay. i wrote so many questions <laughs> for you i'm sorry <laughs> we're getting closer to the territory of a spoiler alert but i promise we're not going to get fully there and, and i don't you, mind and, i'm and you're the one answering the question, so you can uh, be as mysterious as you choose. With, uh, <laughs> but I am very. This is something in the book. All right, it's a huge part of the book that threw me off is uh, the antagonism between uh, what you call the battle mages, which are basically yeah. like uh, weaponized magicians. I guess is an easy yes. way to put it. Good term. That's a good term for them. And uh, and the AI led mech soldiers. So this is kind of like the Marines. The yeah. Marines at this point are mostly uh android ai with some humans in mech suits right yeah some humans in mech suits yeah uh which which are essentially the two branches of the london two army uh i think traditionally it's always portrayed that magic people are the forces of good that have to battle mechanized evil i guess most famously uh star wars comes to mind uh okay Okay. yeah um i I, I can think of a few other examples but i I can see that uh but you took a different approach, I think. Yeah. And I was going to say, how would you compare the dynamic in Complete Darkness to the traditional magic versus machine stereotypes? Okay, well, see, my magic source is dark, dark magic. You know, boom. So that's that's my jumping off point. These are guys are Sith lords. They're they're not Jedi. They're you know they want to fuck people up. Yeah. And so um um and the Marines are good old God bless them U.S. or you know. London Marines, yeah. um, who 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 uh, fight for the good. So um, uh, the actual Commander Richardson, who um, is based on a friend of mine, he uh, you know he is the Marine leader, and you know he's he's a righteous dude. He's kind of like a Tom Cruise esque kind of you know good old good guy. Yeah. Um, you've got the nasty a hard man, but a good man. <laughs> yeah, hard but good. Yeah, he'll he'll fuck you up, but it'll be in the right in the cause of justice. Yeah. Um, whereas You've got the the actual devil himself as the president, and his his he loves all that dark magic shit around him. So his his personal army of, of battle mages are you know bad news really. I wonder if it, maybe it's just my my own personal bias in it, and that that maybe like <laughs> that, that maybe you uh it wasn't meant to be like a what what like the you know that it flips on its head. Uh, but for me, when I was you know when I first started reading it, I I thought uh, Commander Richardson or I, how do you pronounce it? Richardson, but he's Richardson. So that's just like a that's just a an English versus American uh, yeah. version of the same name. That's cool, Richardson. Uh, anyway, sorry, man, I went off on those a tangent. <laughs> no, but I, I thought Commander Richardson was actually like a bad dude. I thought the I thought that the AI that led the Marines was a bad like yep. evil, you know, bad guy. I was like, because you know, I'm so used to like the Terminator, and, yeah, yeah, and shit like that, where I'm like, oh, this is you know, these guys are like Skynet. They're trying to fuck yep. the humans up, and in the in, in the beginning, when you're talking about how the the president, who I didn't realize was the devil at first, is yeah, cool. he has was like his own, up, but hey, you know, yeah, <laughs> he has his own uh, his own military branch. These are the battle mages, and yeah. I was like, oh, okay, he's like, what he's trying to do is create like a uh, uh, an incorruptible arm of you know, arm, branch of the military because they're all human. You can trust humans, which fucking not the case <laughs> yeah and i'm glad that i'm glad it spun your head because you know I, I didn't do anything in this book purposefully to try and spin anyone's head or or you know weird people out this is just my mind unspooling onto the page and, yeah. and so when people are freaked out by it it's kind of like i go cool you know uh because it's that's the thing a lot of publishers turn this book down because they were like oh it's too weird you can't have any kind of like theology in there that's if you won't buy that if it's not sci-fi and other people are like, oh, it's too violent. There's too much gore. So be like, oh, it's too sexist. They didn't get the whole kind of patriarchal hell of the earth becoming hell, and that's one of the things that's happening. I mean, you guys are leading the vanguards on that with people like Trump and stuff. But anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's supposed to freak you out. You're not supposed to be enjoying the prospect of, of earth becoming hell. So, but a lot of them just got like too weirded out by it and said, well, no, we can't sell this. But um, you know, I'm glad someone did. And that's the thing too, is, you know, like in this book, you just, you got to take, you know, take it at face value that in this book, the devil is real, you know, yeah. he's the fucking it's, president. It's fantasy, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's why, yeah. And I guess like, that's why it took me a minute to catch on that the battle cool. mages, 
you know, I'm sitting here, I, yeah, you're like, I'm thinking Jedi's. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, these guys yeah. are using the force. They're going to fight off these droids. I, I, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, eventually, you know, I'm going to be on the side of the, the people that wield magic. But like you said, yeah. it's not, it's dark fucking magic. And this is going back to the very beginning when I was talking about the tech that you were, that you yep. were discussing the very beginning, uh, Geierweck, as I was calling it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And those are the same people that were able to uh, go, you know, take uh, basically just take photo or video straight from the past at any point in the past. But they yeah. were also, I guess, the same ones that were able to map dark matter and were able to find out that actually inside of dark matter, that is like the realm of hell. Yeah. Can you explain I mean, how, how, did, how did they do that? Okay. I mean, shit, that's a, that's a, you know, I'd have to kill you if I explained the details, but like, um... <laughs> Or, I mean, just uh, a, no, a, no, a glimpse of how they did it. I mean, basically, I've, I thought once you have this level of tech um, that can scan space to that nth degree and and focus right in on, on something as obscure as a starlight that bounced off us once, uh, why not? If you put that into a, in wider variables um, and then just add in some sort of, of the religious mumbo jumbo from Earth's, you know, greatest thinking, you know, theologians or whatever, because I, I spent a lot of time with theologians at the college I was at. And um, you know, we had some great chats. Uh, so that was my that's my what if you kind of run hard science through a theological filter and suddenly it expands things that you that science would say this can't exist. Theologians say it definitely exists. Suddenly you've got scientific proof that it exists. You're like, oh shit, this changes things. Um, and obviously it's not real. It's this is a sci-fi. I make this shit up, so you know that's the joy. Yeah, um, I don't. If people say, "Well, that will never happen," I'm like, "No shit. Let's hope it doesn't." Because like, <laughs> yeah, let's hope we don't find out that ninety percent of the universe yeah. is hell. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's that old saying, man? And I know it's getting a little trite, uh, but what is it? It's a uh, magic, or no? Uh, advanced science is indistinguishable from magic. Is that? Yeah, uh, I heard that. I, th I think I said it wrong, but it's a cool saying, and I think it's very true. Yeah, and until you until science gets a handle on stuff, you know, this is what they've always used to call it magic. You know, it's like, oh, the sun's coming up. Oh, that's magic because we prayed to it and it came up. Like, great, well on, well on, guys. I mean, even um, uh, us right now, like if I were to take this and show it to someone in the 1700s, and I'm like, all right, check it out. Matt yeah. is over in England. Yes. I'm over here in the southern United <laughs> States. We are speaking in real time through my magic box. And there's yep. and you can see him right there. You look, there he is. He's actually in and like, you know, they'd think you're they would yeah. think you were inside the computer, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, head spin doesn't even begin to they'll burn you for a witch, sure. You know. Yeah, of course, dude, because all the like founding fathers over here were like they all had like brain syphilis and shit. So they were like going yeah. nuts. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got to wonder why we sent the nuts out to find the new world, right? <laughs> They're the only people crazy enough to cross the sea. I mean, we, we, England has formed for this. Like we sent all our criminals to found a colony in Australia. And they're just like, right, bye, see you guys. And then Australia ended up being like really nice. I, I mean, I guess, uh, no, I, I should be, Creek, though, I should right? be uh, sensitive to the fact that there also was a horrible genocide uh, there as well. So fuck, oh, yeah. I take that back. And, and Wolf Creek, you know, the films, I mean, that's, that doesn't play well for the Australians. You've seen those films, right? I have not. What are they You've called? You've seen Wolf Creek. Oh my god oh it's, is that like a murder like yeah like, he uh, used to be a friendly outback guy who help you when your car breaks down and then he yeah 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 i saw that he has a head on a stick and stuff and yeah, it's just yeah. the grimmest but it's well, that's just just real that's just that's not even that's not fiction that's i believe that 100 percent, man oh yeah that's that's happening <laughs> out there yeah <laughs> serial killers are not that far into the realm of fantasy like the most no, weirdest hey, most fucked up shit like that's what they actually do yeah I, I was a film reviewer for 20 years, so I had to go to cinema for free every week. It was tough. But I was oh, man, I'm so sorry for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Thanks for the props there. But the scariest film that actually affected me was Natural Born Killers. That's a When rock. I walked out of that film, right, I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was in this fairly scary city. And I was like, fuck, you just don't know who you're going to meet. If they want to fuck you up, you know, they're much more likely to attack you, kill you, kidnap you, do whatever they want to do than some poltergeist or any kind of alien or, you know, that if you put on the percentage chance of actually dying from to, ooh, you know, not very likely, the serial killer thing is right there. You know, just some guy or some woman or some couple who just like to kill people and you've crossed their path in the wrong time. That's it. That's you done. Dude, 
we have such different experiences with that film. First time I, I think I might've been like, I was either like 12 or 13 first time I saw it. And wow. that's like when I, I would go stay with my dad in the summer and he like, he put a TV in my, in my room. And I was like, this is like the lap of luxury. Cause my mom nice, was like, yeah. she's like, she wouldn't have, let me have a TV in the bedroom. She's like, you know, I, I was an outside kid anyway. So it wasn't that hard to keep me away from the TV, but yeah, cool. uh, but, but my dad would be like, he, he also had like, you know, cable and all this shit. And so I was like, watch whatever I want. And I was like, natural born killers sounds right. And then like the scene where like uh, Woody Harrelson starts the prison riot and Rage Against oh, the Machine starts playing. Yeah. I remember this is one of the clearest memories of my childhood ever, dude. I was like probably about 12, you know, 12 something like 12, 13. I was jumping up and down on the bed, just going like, yeah, yeah. Like I was, cause that movie, it was, cause it was so much adrenaline, dude. Yeah, no, you're right. It does. That scene is meant and it, it taps into society's, you know, passion for, you know, people who will break the rules and be extreme. Robert Downey Jr.'s character is fascinating, isn't he? Because he basically ends up helping them escape from prison because yeah. he's so into them. I'm like, what the hell? Dude. People forget that's one of Robert Downey Jr.'s greatest roles. Yeah. Hands down. Hands the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah. Every, I mean, everyone that's in it. Tommy Lee Jones, well, unbelievable in that movie, dude. Obviously, of course, Woody Harrelson, that, that's probably, I would say that might yeah. be Woody Harrelson's best role. I think for me it is. And uh, Juliet Lewis. I mean, wow. Juliet Lewis is amazing scary. in the movie. Scary. But sexy and scary at the same time. I'm like, ah. Yeah. To my adolescent boy brain, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, and the, and yeah. the music's good. Like, the soundtrack is so sick. Banging. Yeah. You know, I, there's a lot of interesting stuff, too. Like, I know that, like, Oliver Stone, like, shot a ton of that movie on mushrooms. It doesn't surprise me. And he was like, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a particular scene where and I yeah. think they keep like so they use some of the footage. I think it might might have been a, been a, a real the cop Indians, car. Yeah. What? With the with the shaman, and they 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 have that head trip experience. It comes up demon on the screen and stuff like that. It's like oh yeah, you know yeah they uh, they so they trip uh, in the film as part of the narrative of the film and fictionally, yeah. but also Oliver Stone was just handing out mushrooms <laughs> to the cast and like tripping hard as shit. And there's a scene because uh, I watched the behind the scenes uh, okay, co commentary cool. and he was like, yeah, this is the part where uh, basically like we were tripping balls, like, driving in the <laughs> desert, trying to film a scene and a cop cruiser pulled up behind them and started following them. And everybody's oh. like getting real paranoid the way the movie yeah. is too, like that paranoia from the film. Yeah. They're like experiencing that and they're all tripping as, you know, and like, so I, that might've lent to why that film ended up feeling so real is because they actually yeah. went out there and tripped in the desert. <laughs> yeah. Some of the best films, you know, they, for whatever reason, you do pick up on the actual vibe of the filmmakers themselves. One of my favorite recent films is The Florida Project. And um, what's that, it called? The Florida Project. I haven't even heard of that, dude. Oh, man. It's about a, little, a single mother and a daughter living just outside Disney, you know, absolutely, you know, kind of like broke and doing anything to survive. And you've got um, William Defoe as the as the motel manager. He kind of thinks he's she's nice, but he's a bit old. He kind of a bit paternal, wants to look out for her, um, and it's heartbreaking. It just destroy you uh, to the core, and it's so uncomfortable watching it. But it's so compulsive at the same time. I would definitely advise to check it out. It's called the Florida Project. It's on my list, dude. I might even get it in tonight if I have time. Just be prepared, man, because you know it'll fuck you up. <laughs> well man willem dafoe is one of my absolute all-time favorites so man you know right. i try not to i'm trying not to miss anything he does especially if he's in a, a main character role yeah Shit, dude uh going back to I, I got some more questions about complete darkness okay. if you don't mind Let's do it uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh this is one of the ones i like i was you know this is, this book is complex because there's you know this is the future everything's complex you know everyone's living kind of a shattered reality for so many reasons because of tech you know drugs whatnot but on the AI, uh, complete darkness has so many different permutations of artificial intelligence. Can you explain the future betting underground? Oh yeah. So the powers that be, right? These are the, some uh, a select group. You know, like there's always these rumors of, of really rich guys. They probably exist somewhere. They get together. You know, Elon and his pals. You know, they they they're like a you know uh, Illuminati, but they're basically a board. They've got so much money, they want something to bet on. So they've been on people's lives or whatever, you know? And yeah. but imagine if you have the exponential brain capacity of, of a planet, you know, size brain. And then the, so these AIs, they they want something that's random. And, and human nature is much more random than AI nature. So, so, you know, so 
betting on who will sleep with next or um, you know, who will kill who, that's fun for them because they, they get it wrong sometimes. They can't always use their algorithms to perfectly track who, how human events are going to turn out. So for them, it's, it puts that random jeopardy back in and they'll wager ridiculous things to each other, you know, like um, you know, their rights to a company or you know, whatever. Uh, so it was just a bit of fun. It's never really met, fleshed out massively. And a lot of uh, several people got in touch and said, hey, you know, we'd like, we want a spin-off story just about the powers that be and it's so the future betting underground so that you can kind of, you know, that's a story in itself to be told that. And I might do that one day, but it's kind of fun. Oh yeah, I do. I could definitely use more uh, of that because I think uh, the way you described it and correct me if I'm wrong for sure, but like you were saying, you know, because AI come from us, you know, AI are, AI are like the children of humanity uh, in a way yeah. like they're, we made you know, them. Yeah. We, we make them and they're like, their traits that come from us are in the AI, you know, the AI, the ones that are, you know, they're fully conscious, they're, autonomous yeah. and and you were saying that like there's this innate desire to gamble in yeah. in humans and so that this uh like you said this very powerful breakaway state of ais that are not they're not loyal to any government or any humans but the only thing they're really interested in is gambling and so yeah. so they run an entire illegal betting ring uh on they're like they're like ai bookies yeah bet, betting on human actions and and <laughs> You couple that with my um, unlimited game show where, you know, all your life is profit, but you have unlimited credit. That's a lot of fun because then they bet on that because no one knows how that's going to happen because humans are good at working out ways to, to get money off each other. And if you have unlimited money as the prize, still the people will do pretty much anything to get that. So that is like some of the more nihilistic stuff in the book <laughs> is like, yeah, the unlimited game show where like if you're the if you're the winner, you have you have the mo you're the richest person in the world. But whoever yeah, kills you runs. gets to be the richest person in the world. And it's just a never-ending series of everyone killing whoever is the current yeah. winner. That's right. <laughs> That's taken from that, that actual from a biblical verse. You know, like, was it gain a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? So, like, you know, uh, what does it gain? You know, just living yeah. in constant fear of your, your life being taken from you by anybody and they can do it and not be punished for that. You know, is that worth having all the money? Uh, no, dude, I, I would not play Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll take your name off the list oh hell thanks man oh uh but i did have to, so here's another thing man this is another like one of those you know is this just like uh ingrained in, in humans kind of question uh it's another thing you added it's an also uh if maybe if you could just kind of like explain a little bit i thought yeah. that the uh the l2 sky screen was interesting because in a world where people are, are even more isolated by tech and advanced psychoactive drugs, there's still this massive communal form of entertainment. Uh, yep. Do you think that's something that we're just hard, hardwired to always have, is to have some communal, like, like a concert or whatever? Yeah. I mean, my answer to that is I hope so, because uh, like I said, 20 years going to cinema every week with different crowds, um, that was a, I love those experiences. I and mean, there's something about watching a film um, with other people around you, hearing the gasps, seeing the reaction, or they're being bored or whatever, you know, it, it changes your perception of it. And then, because I would quite often see a film again at home or a different situation, or with just a different crowd, and it can be a very different experience. It's, um, yeah, so that having, the other great thing about having sky screens is that, you know, you don't need a screen, you just beam into the sky above you, and you can sit there wherever you want and watch it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But equally, it allows me to go off into little kind of forays of, Captain Adams, which is actually being shown on the sky screen uh, as a fantasy, and then it may or may not blend into reality at the end. You know, I mean, yeah. more, much more. <laughs> yeah, I found that questionable, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Good. Once again, I'm uh, I'm skirting the spoiler area okay. here, but this is also this is a, this is an important part of where tech and theology merge. And I feel like in no other way in the book is it as much as in this way. And that's, uh, I guess, G.I.X., who we yep. know is, uh, the you know, our main protagonist, Cleric 20's yeah. uh, bodyguard android yeah. is also, so he's a, he's a modified god bot. Uh, yeah. Can you kind of explain how the god bots came into existence? I mean, I get in lots of trouble when I say this because, you know, the religious types don't like this. But if you look at any any major, especially the Christian religion, a lot of the leaders, they do 
bad things. You know, they sin, they fuck up and, you know, run off with their secretaries or, you know, form a cult and, and kill people or whatever, you know. Um, you've got a robot. He's never going to do that. He's just going to stay on message. Perfect evangelist. He'll tell, deliver the facts. And then the exponential what if is like he meets a different robot with a different point of view. He's going to want to take that one out because it's, it's a different point of view. So they actually end up yeah. <laughs> causing the historic wars. It's kind of a parody of like, you know, the Middle Eastern situation, the Northern Ireland situation. Every time that religion has come into conflict like this through human interaction, we can't escape it because it happens in droids as well. So like, yeah. like what the fuck, you know? Yeah, I, I found that so interesting. So yeah, so so these, they're called God bots and the different uh, religious factions send out their, uh, their bots yeah. into the world to spread the gospel. And you've got your Buddha bots and they're yeah. going around and they're spreading the word of Buddha. They're very peaceful bots. But then I feel like, I, and I, uh, I think I'm correct here. It's the, the Baptists are the yeah. ones that, After bots. Yeah. yeah, they, they up, they illegally upgrade their bots with military grade yes. weaponry. So that, yep. so that if anyone throws a beer bottle at their bot, the bot will just kill that person or, or can, Indeed. or can destroy, um, or can destroy like a Protestant bot or a Catholic yeah. bot if it wants to. <laughs> yeah, or, or even a Muslim bot or any any bot speaking something different to them, you know. So it's like a an arms race in the God's bots, you know. Um, yeah. But fortunately for Cleric, you know, Giggs was a, a fully armed, you know, God bot. And that comes in handy when, you know, uh, he needs a, a powerful ally. I don't know why I didn't bring this up earlier. It was, it was so interesting to just... Another syn uh, synchronicity thing, just out of, out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have Jehovah's Witnesses in? Yeah, we England? do. Yeah. Okay. So we, yeah, we have a bunch of them here too. Uh, they actually have a church kind of near where I live. Uh, okay. But because of COVID, they're not going door. Like, so these guys go door to door and yeah. like, they'll knock on they your do door and too. then they'll be like, Hey, have you heard the word of God? And then, you know, you can either be like, no, or I'll be like, Oh, I don't want to talk about it, you know? But uh, so it's, so during COVID, so I got a handwritten letter in the mail which I don't get a ton of. I mean, I still get some, but you know, most people these days just text you, you know, or yeah. email you. So I was it's like, oh, what is this? And I was like, who is this guy, Tommy? I don't know Tommy. I opened yeah. it up. It was a Jehovah's Witness uh, wow. explaining. He's like, hey, we're not going door to door because we're not trying to spread COVID. But here's <laughs> me uh, trying to get you to join my religion. And I was like, I was like, this is so wild because I'm just up like this. This was shit. I'm going to say. 30 minutes before I had to be on uh, my call with you. And I was like, we're going to be discussing like <laughs> the future of when they have bots do, you know, robots doing this instead of yeah. Tommy. So well, don't get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, Matt, I've got one thing to say and one thing to say only we are oh. getting dangerously close to the lightning round. Ooh. So I don't know if you're familiar with how the lightning round works. So I'll give you a quick explanation. This is where I start Thank asking you. you questions super fast. And okay. uh, you, you can't take any time to think. You just got to like, just gut reaction okay. off the top of your head. That's the answer. And that's, and that's the, the game part of the podcast, man. I like it. I like it. I, um, I think you're going to win. Gut reaction for a reason, right? And if we, <laughs> we are evolved species and it's part of our predator nature to be able to gut react stuff. So let's see how it works. Mine might be screwed up by the mushrooms, but yeah. <laughs> and fortunately, you've had enough mushroom beer to be ready to just say what you fucking think. Uh, let's yeah. go ahead and start with it's one. Also my disclaimer, this, you know, just getting it out there. <laughs> when I first thought of this question, I was like, "Oh, this is easy." And then the more I thought about it, the more I realized it's actually it's actually hard, dude. So oh, build gotta, it up. Why don't you? This is one of the things I think it, the best thing to do is go with your gut because if you think about it okay. too long, you'll always feel like you made the wrong decision. And the answer, yeah. the question is. Uh, all right you can pick only you can only pick one of these things okay. would you rather have an ai droid bodyguard or an advanced mech suit built to your specifications oh i'd take the ai droid um okay because yeah just because i can go do stuff when i don't even have to do it myself you know yeah yeah having a butler servant always my dream the only reason i was just thinking that, like when i added like built to your specifications i was saying like you know your mech suit could like you know, it could also be like, could yeah. be highly recreational. You could, you know, go base jumping and all kinds of gnarly shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. If we have both, I would take both. But you said yeah. one or the other. So I'm going yeah, to- Yeah, dude, I'd rather have a GI6 too. I mean, a GI X. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you're here to hear first, guys. It's better to have an Android bodyguard. <laughs> Next one, man. 
preferred genre of sci-fi, uh, space opera, or post-apocalyptic fiction? That's so tough. Post-apocalyptic probably net just just squeaks it, but it's real close. Um, yeah. Because I think, like you, we've, you've touched on, we may live to see some of this post-apocalyptic crap yeah. uh, happen to us. You know, Mad Max, that's uh, that's definitely happening after the oil wars, right? Yeah. But um, <laughs> um, space operas, I would love, it'd make me dream, they make me see incredible yeah. things, but, you know, it's less likely that we're ever going to ex experience them. Bro, I think I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with you on that. Uh, the post-apocalyptic fiction genre, just, yeah, just by, just by a hair. Uh, you know, I, uh, that I'm going to say, like, yeah, I definitely read more of that. I watch more, you know, but, well, space opera really there's not a lot of film that lends itself to that genre that really truly still lives mostly in literature uh but yeah those are those kind of yeah those those are the kind of books that just take you away man to a whole and especially yeah. the ones that are, you know you got to read like five books to get through the story <laughs> yeah like june or something now june's the closest to jump to the film recently because like that's expansive and great but like dune is uh that's interesting you said that i'm actually looking over at my bookshelf i have read i think about 15 of the dune books yeah, so, I mean, cool. I'm I got obsessed with with Dune. All right, moving on, moving on. This is a lightning round. I'm supposed to go fast. I'm sorry, bro. All right, so okay. yeah. All right, so let's just say we're in a hypothetical. You decide. All right, you, you as uh, Universal Pictures hits you up. They're like, okay. check it out, man. We want to do a film adaptation of this movie. We're gonna have you be the screenwriter. You know, so like you're still you're you're completely involved with the creative process. We're not. We're wow. actually we're gonna go even one step further we have our budgets like uh, astronomical. So you get to pick the director. So uh, you can pick any director to direct a film adaptation of Complete Darkness. Who would you pick? Um, the Drive guy, uh, Riffin. Um, he made um, Only God Forgives, Drive and uh, Neon Demon. Um, Nicholas Riffin is a-, is a, a Nicholas European Griffin, name. I am unfamiliar. Riff, Riffin, it's our, he spells his name in a European way. But you, you must have seen Drive, the highest movie, Drive. With no. Ryan Gosling, yeah? Ryan Gosling? Yeah, he's a stuntman by day, drives heist by night. And it's very Dude, violent. how have I missed this fucking movie? No, I haven't seen it. You need to basically stop this podcast and go and see that movie because it'll, it'll okay. jump up there with Point Break as one of your faves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. And I like Ryan Gosling too, man. I think he's funny. Oh, he's not just funny. He's, he's awesome. He hardly says anything in this film. But he, it's all... And Carrie Mulligan, who is my, my actress crush... She, her husband, is in jail. He moves next to her. You know, he kind of starts to look out for her and her little son. It's a beautiful kind of, you know, romance waiting to happen, but it's all unrequited because, you know, he's such a good guy. He doesn't want to step in on this guy's wife, you know? And then the asshole gets out of prison and it all kicks off and there's a heist and it's like, oh, man, it's great. That sounds sick as hell, dude. Yeah, I mean, I love, you know, he's one of those rare actors too, like where uh, when they did the sequel to Blade Runner, first of all, I yeah. liked it immensely it. and i thought he was a uh great choice man he played he played such a good blade runner you know like that yeah. that uh detachment and you know all that was so good i just put my cyberpunk uh hosting the show hat on hey real quick and it, are they replicants deckard and and k or are they just humans blade runners Ooh, this is a tough question so you're saying like do i believe uh that blade runners are uh right in their uh career Man, I'm going to say no because, well, partly okay. because I am, hands down, I'm a Philip K. Dickhead, like, okay. to the core. And the, nice. uh, so I've re I read the original book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Philip K. Dick's original, in his intentions, behind so, behind so many of his stories that get tra translated into movies, they really, they lose what he's trying to say. And, yeah. you know, uh, for, just for people out there, like, if you haven't read the book and you've only seen the movie, the Definitely main character, Decker, is it Decker? Yeah. Uh, his entire motivation is that he wants to buy a fucking sheep because it's a social, it's a, so, so like, you know, and in, in today, you know, in modern times, having a Rolex or a fucking Lexus, that's, you know, how we have social status symbols now of that. In the future, if you own an animal, that's like as high social status as you can get. But most people, all they can afford, and you still have to be pretty rich to do this, is to buy a replicant version so yeah. he has what he, he and so he he has a replicant sheep and he doesn't want uh -huh. his neighbors to know that his sheep is a replicant and he wants to make enough money to buy a real sheep and that is I the whole reason that. he's a blade that runner. makes a lot of sense oh man so, 
the whole the whole thing his his motivations are uh invalid man it's he's just trying to impress his neighbors he's just trying to uh, <laughs> increase his social status and he gets a bounty for every replicant that he kills yeah. so i'm gonna go ahead and say no man i want to say the replicants Great. if they're conscious and they're sentient how are they different than us good well we could talk about this for hours but yeah that's cool and the, and the reason that all the replicants are coming back to Earth is because they were being used as slaves of, uh, on co colonies on like a distant planet. And there was yeah. a slave uprising and they wanted their own freedom. What could be yeah. more human than that? Yeah, man. Wow, that's cool. Anyway, look, back to the lightning round. So I need to oh, so, yeah. Okay. All right, we got one more right, right here, dude. Uh, what form of cybernetic tech would have to be invented before you would decide to undergo elective surgery for a cybernetic enhancement. Wow. Wow, we <laughs> um I'm gonna go with just uh what it already exists, but it can't get it yet. It's just on the for the natural market. So I like to go to the gym and I'm getting old. So you know, after you're 40, your muscle mass starts losing every single day if you're a man. And then yeah. that's just nature doing its thing. So having some like augmented muscles to kind of combat that, you know, fatigue loss, that would be cool. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool as hell, dude, to be able to like, to just get a, a cybernetic upgrade that just turns you into the rock. <laughs> oh, yeah, just just strong enough, because I, I, I can bench 100 uh, kilos, whatever. But like, um, it's taken me a while to get back to that. And when I was 18, I could do that fun. And now I have to work hard to, you know, yeah, but it's like, yeah. All right, man. Well, Matt, I have one last question for you, dude. It's the most important okay. question of all. Where can people find you? Uh, like your socials, check you out uh your book man uh the comic book you've got a lot of creations out there so uh i guess really just the question is where can people find you and everything <laughs> wow i mean okay cool so i mean i'm not a huge amazon fan but most of my stuff is available on amazon there aren't many matt adcocks out there uh god bless them and um there's no one else who's written a book called complete darkness to my knowledge as yet uh so if you find me you can click on my name else other books will come up this is my new baby. It's called Dread Cold. This is my horror anthology. Oh, that looks um, really cool. And uh, it was a competition where people had to write a story about this idyllic-looking castle. And uh, my entry uh, is that it's a sleep study. You get put in a dark room in the basement for seven days and to see how the no having no light affects you. Only the twist is that there's, um, they don't feed you. and They just watch you die on HD camera in, in the dark. And then they get someone else in. And that just carries on. But anyway, um, so if you like being freaked out, I'd recommend that. Um, the comic, I'm, this is my dream. Look at this. This is me in a matrix. This is how I would look if I was, you know. If I Dude, I was, when myself. I was reading your comic book, I literally, I assumed that the artist had uh, based uh, his <laughs> illustration of Cleric 20 on you. So is, am I correct? In my when dreams. I that? Yeah, you were right. Um, but he's, and I need to pay him more money because like he's done a great job. But uh, yeah, the comic book is, we're working on issue two two at the moment this is where after the prequel the, the first comic book is just a starlight bounce prequel this now we get into london two and the whole kind of you know end of the world stuff so um we're having an absolute blast doing that uh we've got a gallery that wants to show it on in in the gallery people walk around and study it and it's only in its second issue so it's doing well it's selling selling good numbers that's cool uh, you can get that on etsy at the moment it's the best place to get it um because I, I haven't gone through jumping for the hoops to put it on amazon um I mean, I love, I write so much stuff. I can't help write stuff. I just did this for Flatline, which is a new cyberpunk um, zine. I'll see. And uh, it's great cover, right? Yeah, um, I love that. So there's cyberpunk poetry in there, which is a new thing for me, as well as uh, short stories set in the same universe as Complete Darkness. So if you like Complete Darkness, you want to see digital priests getting hunted by a vigilante in the future for their crimes. That's, uh, yeah, that happens in there. <laughs> Social media, Cleric20. There are very few people called Cleric20. Um, uh, my email has been cleric20 for, for years and people have been like, what the fuck is that? What's wrong with you, Matt? Now, why do you have Matt in there? I'm like, you'll see. One day you'll see. Yeah. I had faith I'd get published and now people are like, oh, you sneaky bastard. I see now what you did. So, okay. Yeah, because yeah, it's someday there's going to be thousands of people trying to change their email to cleric20 and they're going to be pissed because you got it first, man. Fingers crossed. And my PlayStation gamertag, you know, Xbox, all that. It's all, you know, I've got in there first. So was... Matt, thanks for being on the show, bro. Dude, it's an absolute pleasure. It's it's rare you meet such kindred spirits, but like your taste in films, fucking on point, man. So I think we'd get on if we ever if I ever get over there. I'll come say hi, have a beer. 
Absolutely. Yeah, dude. If you ever find yourself here in America, man, make your way down to Nashville. And yeah, we'll go grab a beer and take some mushrooms, dude. 100%. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Cheers, bro.